Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, welcome back, listener, to another broadcast here as we meditate upon the book of Hebrews together with the theme that Jesus is better. And here in part three, we consider how Jesus is our greater rest. And we'll be considering that from Hebrews 3, verse 7, through chapter 4, verse 13. Quite a long passage, but I'll read the first four verses, but I encourage you to read that whole section. But Hebrews chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. The word of God says, Therefore the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness when your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for forty years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest." Well, I recently listened to an interview with a man named Colin O'Brady, who was the first man ever to cross Antarctica solo on foot. Others had tried to do it before him and died. It took Colin 56 days total, and he talks about his journey in great detail, his preparations, his training, his diet, and his incredible journey that was met with many doubts and trials and dangers, a negative 60-degree weather. 60 to 90 mile per hour winds, and he also had to pull a 375 pound sled with him that carried his supplies. At the beginning, when he was dropped off by a helicopter, he said that one hour into his journey, he was already ready to throw in the towel, but eventually he pressed on and he made it. The book of Hebrews tells us that we too are on a journey. It may not be across Antarctica, But it is through the wilderness of this life, which can also be difficult. And on this journey, we can grow weary. We can grow uncertain about God and his promises. And we too can be tempted to throw in the towel. The Hebrew Christians were struggling with that temptation to give up on God. And here in our text, in this meditation, God warns us about giving up on the journey. But then he encourages us as God's people to press on because there is indeed a rest held out for us. And so the two things we'll consider here is the warning for those in the wilderness, but second, the promise for those in the wilderness. The context here, as we read from our passage, the Hebrews tells us that the Christian life is a life lived in the wilderness. In the Old Testament, the wilderness was the place that God's people had to pass through on the way to the promised land. In the New Testament, we're reminded that we too are on a pilgrim journey. The book of 1 Peter calls Christians sojourners or exiles on the earth. In our own wilderness journey, we too are met with difficulty. And so the preacher gives this warning here. He tells the Christians not to harden their hearts. Like a good doctor, he warns them about certain actions that will bring about spiritual heart disease for them. You know, when a doctor sees a patient going down a bad path physically, they will exhort a person to, you know, live a better life, exercise, eat healthier, get more sleep, manage stress better, 
and the list goes on. And the preacher here is like a good doctor. He warns the people about their spiritual heart condition. First, he says in verse 8, don't harden your hearts. And again in verse 12, take care, brothers, lest there be in you an evil and unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. You know, what does it mean to harden our hearts to God? You know, it means that we close our hearts to his word. The preacher quotes Psalm 95 in the present tense, saying the Holy Spirit says. In other words, God speaks to us in the present, even now through his word. He brings his revelation to us. And to harden our heart is to close our hearts to God's word. In the Old Testament, the people of God not only heard God's word, but verse 9 reminds us that they saw God's mighty works for 40 years in the wilderness. Think about what they experienced. They saw the Red Sea parted before their eyes. They saw Pharaoh's armies destroyed in those waters after they passed on dry ground. They ate manna from heaven and drank from the rock that God opened to them. God miraculously defended and provided for his people. But in the end, we're told, the people hardened their hearts to God and his revelation. They complained. They grumbled against God and against Moses. And eventually their unbelieving and evil heart manifested itself in outward disobedience. Well, like Israel, we too can focus so much on our problems and minimize God's presence and promises with us. Like Israel, we can find ourselves complaining against God and we can forget how good he has been to us. Like Israel, we can be overly concerned with the things of this life, food and drink and clothing. We need to remember the words of Jesus to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that all these other things will be added to us. When we fall into these sins, hardening in our hearts against God, it could lead to us falling away from him. The path of unbelief and disobedience always leads to destruction. That's why the pastor here says, beware or take care, lest there be in you an evil and unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. This word for fall away is where we get our word apostasy. That word doesn't mean that a true Christian can fall away from God. But apostasy refers to a person who is outwardly identified with the people of God, but who falls away because their heart was never changed. You might think of Judas, one of Jesus' disciples who betrayed him. Apostasy begins with unbelief in the heart. Then eventually that shows itself and there is a falling away from God. And so there is a personal call here to faith. Beware or take care. In other words, look after your own heart before God. As the book of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 4, verse 23, Above all, guard your heart, for from it flows the springs of life. But the pastor here not only gives this warning, but he gives a promise. A promise to those in the wilderness. Chapter 4 opens with the words, Since a promise remains for entering his rest. There is held out to these wilderness wanderers the promise of rest. And don't you love that? You know, after a long journey or a busy season of work, 
We long for those times of rest, don't we? That man, Colin O'Brady, who traveled across Antarctica, talks about enjoying a big burger when he was all done and just sleeping in his warm bed again. We are in the wilderness, but rest is ahead of us. And what is this rest? You know, in the very beginning, God created all things in the space of six days and rested on the seventh day, according to Genesis 2. He ceased from his work and entered into communion with his creation. And the symbol of that rest, that place of ultimate blessedness, was the tree of life that was in the midst of the garden. For Moses and for Joshua, rest was held out to them as well. In the symbol before God's people there, the reality was the land of Canaan, a picture of rest. It was a land flowing with milk and honey, a place of abundant provision with no enemies in God's presence. You know, in Scripture, this rest is equivalent with the gospel. It is speaking to the rest that God desires to have with us and in him, where we find that our hearts are content in him and when we live in peaceful communion with God. When Jesus came to earth, he spoke of this rest and offered it to the world, saying in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus promised rest for the soul, rest for those carrying burdens. And Jesus is the Savior who can sympathize with us who are in the wilderness. He also traveled through the wilderness. Although Jesus was the faithful son, at the end of his life he took upon our sin and experienced the awful unrest and agony of the cross. But this was so that we might find true rest in him today. Again, the preacher says here, there remains rest for the people of God. Today is the day of salvation, the day to respond to God's word and enter into that rest in Christ. And we do that when we turn away from our sins, cease from our evil deeds, and put our faith in Jesus Christ. For now, We have to go through the wilderness, but Jesus is the rock that we drink from. He is the bread of life that we eat from. He is the faithful and good shepherd who guards us and protects us until we reach that final rest. And we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast to our confidence in him. If you are restless today or tired or even heart of heart, call upon Jesus Christ today. Ask that he might give you rest and give you life, and give you a soft heart to the things of God. May God help us to examine our own hearts before him, and to be diligent in striving to enter that rest. And may we encourage one another in the journey all the more, as we see the day of Christ drawing near. Thank you for listening today to our third meditation in the book of Hebrews on Jesus is Better. I look forward to our final meditation in the next chapter. 